Welcome to Founder Connect, the place where the Raleigh Founder resource providers connect with the members of the Raleigh Founder community. Today, Sarah Chick chats with Steve Breckbeal, Regional Director at LifeWork and member of Raleigh Founded. On the show, Steve talks about retirement. Not so much how to save for retirement, but rather, what do you do with your time? What do you do with your knowledge? How do you stay sharp? And how do you better the community? It's not an easy conversation, but it's something that Steve is working on to help retirees with his company, LifeWork. Here's your host, Events and Programming Manager at Raleigh Founded, Sarah Chick. So Steve, thank you so much for being here today with me. I'm really excited. And I think your project that you guys have been working on in this new startup is super exciting. So I'm happy to hear from you today. Uh, Sarah, it's great to be here. And I really appreciate the invitation. So it's an exciting opportunity to talk about what we're doing here at LifeWork. And uh, yeah, a little bit about how people can get engaged with us. A little bit of my background, I've been a Triangle for 30 years. I came down as a communications director for uh, Reichold. Uh, Reichel Chemicals, which had relocated here from White Plains, New York. And I was with them until about 2000 when I went over to Quintiles. Quintiles, of course, is now IQVIA. I was uh, in corporate communications there. And I eventually moved into HR communications. I did global HR communications there. And then I moved into community relations and took over the global community relations function there, which also included, for example, ESG work as well as an awful lot of work here in the Triangle as it was our headquarters. And around 2017, the merger occurred and as often happens in things like that, uh, priorities change. And I found myself to be an early retiree, which led me eventually down a winding road here to life work. I did a little bit of consulting as us early retiree type do and enjoyed that and then actually spent two years as a long-term substitute teacher in Wake County High Schools. Had a blast. I think it I think it made me younger. Then came across the opportunity at LifeWork, which is what we want to talk about today. Awesome. Awesome. I just meeting you the few times that I have, I feel like you would be an exceptional teacher, substitute teacher, especially with in the high school. I mean, that was always the days you lived for was having a substitute teacher. So well, thank you for telling us a little bit about yourself. It sounds like you have a pretty vast background. And I, I think too, especially early retirement, I know my parents being an 80s baby, it was something that they um, had struggled with in both of their workforces, debating whether to take it or not and all those things. To find this new purpose and find something that was born out of that is really cool. So so Steve, tell us a little bit about life work Because honestly, when you mentioned it and we had our first meeting, I was like, how did this not exist before? Like, how did nobody think of this? Yeah, well, the way it came about was our founder, Mark Allen, whose full-time day job is he's an SVP with Boeing. He was also a fellow at the Aspen Institute. And one of the things they're asked to come up with is something that could be game-changing within a community. One of the things Mark thought about was he saw a lot of people go through that transition where you do your corporate time, spend 30, 40 years in the workforce, and then you leave, and a lot of people weren't prepared for that. And so, you know, some people are. They have some fabulous hobby that they get into, and they they love to do that, um, which is great. But a lot of people really didn't put a lot of thought into it. You know, you just thought, oh, I'm going to retire. This is cool. I can't wait until I retire. You know, you hear that yes. all the time. Um, I had those discussions. I can't wait till I get up and don't have a project. And then the day comes and you suddenly realize there's a 40 to 60 hour gap in your life every week. 
you may like to play golf, but you know, even if, if you, if you, even if you love golf, you know, for me, it was riding my motorcycle. And I realized that you, you can't do that for eight hours every day, uh, right. five days a week. It just didn't work out. It was fun for the first couple of months. So what we looked at is the fact that a lot of people move into out of the workforce, they move into the second stage of their life and they still want to have something purposeful to do. They want to be engaged with something, but the drivers aren't the same. You know, you're younger, you're first getting into the workforce. Your main motivation is you want to be challenged, of course, but you also expect to be compensated for it. You're planning for the future, you're saving, you're buying a house, your first house or whatever you have. You start to grow a family. All that stuff is in your life. When you get to that age where you're in the early retirement phase, so, you know, say you're in your mid, late 50s, early 60s, you uh, pretty much move through all that stuff. And if you plan properly, you're probably comfortable. Your issue, your driving thing is not compensation. Now, your driving thing is you still want to contribute. You still want to be actively involved. You want to make a difference. And and it's a somewhat narrow group, but that's the group we're looking at, is mm -hmm. that pair them up with organizations that can really use their help. And we think that segment is in the nonprofit and community sector. Because those are areas where there are times where they really, really, you, you know, you want to hire some experienced talent, but they could be out of your reach financially from a, from a, you know, comp point of view. These people are not hung up on the compensation aspect. They want to be actively engaged and also added value in terms of, hey, they can mentor your other employees as well. So it's a unique skill set they bring and it comes at economic advantage. And it really works out with everyone being in a, in a good situation. And to be fair, I feel like their work ethic is a lot better than people my age or younger. Um, I mean, I'm in my mid thirties. I have a very good work ethic, but I remember starting out in the field, people wanted all this money. And I worked in the nonprofit sector for 10 years as a therapist. And a lot of times, some of the best employees we had were older folks that were willing to work and they had good work ethic and they weren't worried about compensation. So I think it's just remarkable that that idea was formulated. <laughs> it's actually funny you say that because um, if, if you go back not too long ago, you know, I think about my earlier career, and especially the corporate environment during the 80s. Yeah, that's probably not what, what you're looking for at this point. But, yeah. um, you know, so we, I think we learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So tell me a little bit about how far life work spans. Like, what, is it just in the triangle? Will you guys help people all over North Carolina? Do you span across the country? Tell me a little bit about that. The way it started out was Mark, along with Gary, who is our, was our first executive director, they looked at how the model could work and they quickly came to a conclusion that you couldn't just launch this thing on a national basis. Yeah. Uh, so they looked at a couple of different locations and one of them was the triangle. And at the time I was doing my substitute teaching, but I was also consulting and I was introduced to them and they wanted to put together what we called, it was almost like a focus group uh, where we got a bunch of leaders from the nonprofit sector, from the corporate sector, from HR, and a couple of early retirees, put them all in a room. We presented the concept and sort of, you know, let them, let them have at it. They really liked the concept. We did about 40 people all together over two days. 
they like the concept. And so we, you know, tweak the uh, program a little bit. And then Mark made the decision that we would use the triangle as the pilot site. And I went from consulting to full-time uh, with the organization starting in, in February of this year, which was when my actual long-term substitute assignment ended. So I, I came on board February 15th and then March happened in April. So, you know, you take your 90 day plan for a startup and you, you throw it out the window and you say, let me do my uh, new COVID plan. But that's how we, we are piloting here in the triangle. So the thing we have in common, which is really fun with, you know, Raleigh founded is we, we do fall in the category of startup. It is, you know, literally we, we've been changing the plan as we go along. We're adjusting. It's, it's like, uh, hey, it's like apple pie. Everybody loves the idea. Right. Um, but, you know, you still have to get people, bring them on board and get them uh, engaged. So where we're at at this point is I do have a number of individuals I'm working with, helping them with their transition and trying to get them into placement. But the real model is that we engage with the employment sector here. So your corp, your private and corporate employment sector and have them offer life work as a benefit to employees on two levels. Number one, if you have some kind of job action, if you're making some kind of downsizing or whatever adjustment to your workforce, we want them to offer life work as an alternative to traditional outplacement. It's a different type program. Yeah. On the other hand, if an employee just comes to a decision on their own, you know, I've been doing this corporate gig for 35, 40 years, I'm ready to be done, but I'll still try to do something else. Let us handle the transition. So that's, that's, the way the model works in that case. Gotcha. Now, the really important thing is for the community and the nonprofit sector is we do not charge them for our services. Okay, so we're we're acting like a recruiter. You know, we'll find the right people for them and everything like that, but we do not charge them for that service. Wow, okay. Now, do you have an age requirement? Like, let's say somebody like me was like, I'm 35, I'm done with this corporate world. Can you put me back in the nonprofit world? Or does it have to be like, they are retired or they're ready to retire and they're 50 plus? We, you know, we, we, we've gone back and forth on that because it's a tough call because you really, you know, what is the perfect age? Um, you know, yeah. for me, I, I was 58 when it happened. It was about three years off from my plan, four years off from my plan. But you'll find people that are in, you know, all sorts of ages. Um, so, you know, you could find people maybe in their late 40s or something like yeah. that. I think the other thing we have to think about, and you have to be really sensitive when you talk about this, because the corporate people are very sensitive, understandably so. But you can look at the stats. The chances are for an individual who gets into their mid to late 50s, early to middle 60s, the chances for them to lateral into a similar corporate position become much more limited. Yeah. And it's just the logistics. Okay. It's the talent pool. There is a larger pool of younger candidates. You know, chances are what we are doing is helping somebody out. You know, they, they really want to land into something. Their priorities have changed. Their chances for a similar corporate role have changed. In my particular case, for example, the, the number of people, and it's actually a great example. I knew every single person that did what I did. Yeah. You know, we, we are a group of about 30 or 40 in the triangle who handled community relations. We all knew each other. If one of us moved 
um, you know, somebody was there to fill up the position within our companies for the most part. And if somebody left and the position didn't open, well, it just stayed shut. So the opportunities in many cases aren't that great within the corporate realm. So it varies. If someone in their 30s wanted to get out and go into nonprofit, I'm sure they could find something. But they could also, they'd probably have if they're, you know, especially say, you know, you're like in the tech field or something like that, you're going to be able to move into a new position pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. You were talking about the concepts and like offering this as almost like a benefit package into mm -hmm. businesses. Say the, uh, the one-off retiree came to you and was like, please help me. Like I cannot not work anymore. I'm 62 and I have a lot of life left. Will you help the one-off person or are you really just only looking to work with companies? We're at the point now where, yes, I mean, I, you know, I do that. We can't, you know, of course we can't guarantee results, but the, the idea is in that case with the individuals, it's more like a networking function. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I look at my previous role in community relations, that network is still there that we all, you know, reach out to in terms of the nonprofit sector or whatever. You also have to know where to look for some of these mm -hmm. opportunities. Some of them go word of mouth. Some of them go, you know, very limited searching and stuff like that. There's mm -hmm. also a lot of opportunities in the interim sector too. So, you know, on an individual basis, what I'll do is try to connect someone with the right people. It all becomes, you know, in essence, they become part of the life work family yeah. and part of what we're trying to do, or as I call it, the life work network. It's fun. It's exciting. It's interesting. It's great to know these opportunities are out there because it's, there is a group of people that this really is life-changing for. Um, yeah. These are the kind of people that can't, not be active. So, you know, we want to make sure we keep them engaged. I think I know that this is early and you guys are still starting and finding your footing and everything. I feel like Charlotte would be like a Mecca with the amount of people that retire down to Charlotte. And I think I was telling you my mom and her friends all retired to Charlotte and my mom, who was at the top of her game in the medical field for 30 right. plus years, she retired thinking it was going to be so cool. And she's so lost right now. She enjoyed the first few months, but now she's like, I need to sharpen my skills. I need to stay fresh. I need things to do. And, you know, I think there's very much a loss of identity almost at the time of retirement. I know I've witnessed wow. with some of my family members. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, you nailed it. I mean, one of the things that we look at in terms of differentiating, and it's something we don't do well in the corporate world. While we turn around and say, you know, for example, we have outplacement, which the idea behind outplacement is he'll find you another position. But what we don't do well in the corporate world is prepare people for retirement. I mean, you can read the books if you want to, and that's fine. But most of the books, what do they focus on? They focus on, hey, make sure your 401k is in order and, uh, you know, listen, don't put in for social security until you're this age. And you know, oh, Medicare. Okay, so we don't even want to get into the healthcare argument because that is a huge, huge issue in terms of transition for people. Totally separate podcast. But the big thing is that that transition that happens, okay, because your relationships change. And that's what people, for the most part, aren't ready for. Your relationship with your family changes because you're not, you know, for example, you think about it, you, know, you go to work and you come home, what do you talk about at dinner? You know, what happened at work that day? So now what do you talk about? Your network shifts. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a big one. You sort of find out, you know, those people you worked with for all those years, a lot of what you had in common was that you'd work in these projects and the fact that you worked at the same place. Once you're not there, you're not there. Okay, there's, 
the occasional cup of coffee maybe you'll get, or maybe you'll grab a lunch or something like that. But the thing that really links you with that network uh, isn't there any longer. So, you know, the one way I described it to one individual, you're really going to about to find out who your real friends were at work, um, you know, because you'll find out you had a few good friends and you had a whole bunch of acquaintances. But that's the transit. That's a difficult transition for people to work through. And, you know, one of the things we want to do is help people prepare for that because it is it's a it's a mental shift. It's a scheduling shift. You know, what do you have to get up to do in the morning? You know, so there's a lot that goes into that. And unfortunately, an awful lot of people, and like you said, if you're a mom, it's a tough adjustment. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, what am I doing here? Yes. And she's driving me nuts in the meantime. I'm like, I don't know, mom, get a coffee. <laughs> She's done, she's, done, she's done water aerobics. She's drove us to Raleigh times, and I'm like, but, um, it's, it's it's really tough, you know. Not that you're aging me at all by by you know finding out I have so much in common with your mom, but um, you know, it's that is the difficult part, and also that population is growing. Um, there's this yeah. there was this expression I think I told you about it before. They're they're called baby chasers. These are the adult retirees who are moving to where their grandchildren live. Yeah. Which is, which is great, except, you know, they can't watch their grandchildren and visit with them 24-7 either. So these are people that can be looking for something to do. But that, that's a shifting demographic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's really interesting, too. I think some of the things that people in that retirement age go through is really trying to find out what they really do enjoy doing and what their hobbies are and where they could pick up essentially like a passion project and make it a job. So I think that's important as well. You know, what are you really interested in now that you're not chained mm -hmm. to a desk for the last, you know, 35 years, like you have been. It may not be what it was they did. Um, so, yeah. you know, that's, that's the discovery phase there. Um, yeah. But I think yeah. the important thing is, you know, I, you know, in terms of your demographic, you know, I was only half kidding about your mom. <laughs> you guys are, you know, a large part of the people that are, for example, um, you know, doing their co-working um, there at Founded. They have parents and everything like that who may be going through this. So part of it, you know, part of the message of life work is to them, hey, um, you may need to be a little understanding, OK, because your parents may be a little different. It's not necessarily uh, easy either. And I, you know, it was a good number of years ago. My dad had retired in 91 after 40 years. You know, he, he had a difficult time adjusting. Um, you know, it was hard. He, he unfortunately had a very, very short retirement. But, you know, he was initially uh, doing all these little things that I always wanted to get done, which is great. Um, but then he was sort of like, I really, he goes, uh, you know, he had a pension. He goes, well, I'm doing just fine. He goes, but what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so uh, be understanding uh, if you're in that group where you're watching your parents go through this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then let's find them something to do <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> for everybody <laughs> to make everybody happy. Yeah. I try to meet it with some empathy and understanding too. Well, Steve, where is the best place that if folks in our community are interested in linking someone up with services or just interested in reaching out and learning more, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, well, first of all, you can go to our website, lifework.ngo. You can go there. My contact information is there. You can also find me. I am out there on LinkedIn. So it's uh, Steve Breckbeel, B-R-E-C-H-B-I-E-L. I'm the only one in North Carolina. 
<laughs> uh, you can connect with me there. You know, so two things. If, you know, first of all, if some of your, you know, some of the listeners out there just want to talk about this or something like that, please reach out. If some of our listeners are nonprofits who are looking for people, definitely reach out. I have people, you know, who are, who are interested. And if you're one of those individuals that has questions, reach out. And if you happen to be a corporate entity or, a, you know, a, a small, medium or large company that sees people uh, in the future will be moving on reach out, we'd be happy to help you out. So those are the, those are the three main things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Steve. It's been great talking to you about this. And if you guys want to learn more about LifeWork, head over to lifework.ngo and check it out and reach out to Steve. Thks so much for having me. And uh, listen, really, it's, it's been a lot of fun engaging with you guys. You know, your whole model, you know, in terms of co-working is just a definite model for the near and distant future. It looks like, uh, you know, the office environment is changing and you guys are a part of that. So I look forward to working with you. That was Steve Breckbeel and we'll include all the contact info Steve mentioned in the show notes. Also, if you're looking for more information about joining the community at Raleigh Founded, head on over to raleighfounded.com. If you like the show, be sure to follow along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is edited by EarFluence. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Founded Connect.